Come, Holy Spirit. We know you're here. Won't you fill this place, fill our hearts. God, I don't have anything to say if it's not of you. And I just pray that, that all the words that I say, all the thoughts that we think would be acceptable, honoring acts of worship to you, O oh Lord. For you are our strength and our redeemer. God, we thank you that you walk with us every day of our lives as individuals, as a church, as families. I pray, God, that you will strengthen us, that you would help us through the, the best of days and the most difficult of days. For, Lord, we put our trust in you. We love you, God, and pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So we're talking in this message series about this journey of faith that we're on. Faith is not just a one-time decision. It begins with the decision to follow Jesus. And in that decision, we give our lives to him. We are forgiven. We are saved. Our, our, our lives are eternally changed. But that's just the beginning. That's, that's when God justifies us, makes us right with him. But then throughout the rest of our lives, we get to grow in faith. We call that the process of sanctification, God's sanctifying grace that helps us to become holy as God is holy. And that doesn't happen just all at once. That is a process. We're all on this process uh, here at Anderson Hills. And it's a journey that we continue on together. And so in this series, we're talking about really our Wesleyan roots, our, our roots as, as Methodists that go all the way back to John Wesley, because the changes I was just talking to you about, they don't change our beliefs one bit. They don't. We still stand on that same, same Methodist foundation we've stood upon. It's simply in a different way as a denomination, as a church, how we're connected there. So we believe that, that or these beliefs are so important to us that we want, want to focus on these beliefs during this series. Well, today we're going to talk about the fact that when we're on this journey, not all days look like this picture, right? Like, that looks like fun right there. You're on this beautiful boat, a uh, beautiful ship on a nice, smooth ocean. It's picturesque. Wouldn't it be a great place to be? Well, we live in Cincinnati, so that's going to be a little bit of a trip for us to get there. But wouldn't it be nice? We can imagine, right? But that's not how every day is out on the ocean, right? There's times that's, that's not usually how it is. There's wind and there's waves. Sometimes there's storm and chaos. Sometimes it's scary and difficult. And this is true in the journey of faith as well. It's not just smooth sailing. Sometimes we go through tough times. Christians go through tough times just like the rest of the world goes through tough times. We're not different in that way. How we are different is that we have the Lord to walk with us because we've got Jesus in our heart, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit there with us, and so when we go through storms, we can go through them differently. John Wesley, our founder, early on in his life was at a point where he went through a storm and it tested his faith. He found that his faith was not as strong as he thought it was. And I believe that by looking at his struggle, that we too can grow in our ability to walk through the storms that we go through in life. Wesley was born in the early 1700s, and he, uh, he grew up there. Uh, he, was, uh, the he was in a pastor's family, and he himself then went to college and uh, the university to study to be a pastor. He was ordained in the Church of England. You see, Wesley didn't set out originally to start a new church. He set out to reform the Church of England. 
Eventually, of course, he would break off and they would do that, but that would be quite a while later. But Wesley, in his early days, had a faith that was very much less mature than his faith would be someday. So in these early days, he was struggling with what he would call the faith of a servant instead of the faith of a son. I'll read to you the passage that that, that comes from. Um, it's from the book of Romans here, verse, chapter 8. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you can live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him, that's the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, Daddy. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's a powerful verse in in our Wesleyan foundation, that God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit to give us this assurance that we are a child of God. Paul talks about this contrast, the faith of a servant versus the faith of a son. What does that mean? Well, imagine, let's say at your house that you were able to to uh, hire a, a servant, right? You know, wouldn't life be grand, right? You know, somebody do all the cooking and the cleaning and the, all the stuff you don't want to do, right? Dandy. And if you have one, good for you. I'm not judging, but you know, that's not the reality for all of us. So let's say that you have this servant and they're there and you have a relationship with them and it's good. The reason it's good though is because they're doing the stuff you want them to do, right? If you hire a servant and they don't do the stuff you want them to do, well, soon enough you're going to fire them because what's the point, right? They're here for this. They're here to do the stuff that you don't want to do. That's why you're paying them. And, and that's not what our faith in God is like. That's a transactional thing. You see, a servant-based faith is like, okay, God is so great and mighty and powerful, all this, and like all I, I, I have to do, 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 do in order to somehow that God won't be mad at me because I'm, I'm not good and God's, God's really good, and so I just got to work, 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 work in order to prove my value, okay? That's the faith of a servant, And that's not what our faith is really all about. The faith of a son or daughter is different. You see, if you're a son or a daughter, you're a lot different than that servant. You still may do stuff around the house. Just ask our kids. They'll tell you all about that. You may do stuff around the house, but you don't keep your relationship as daughter or son because you do stuff. That, that's, it's not a transactional relationship. You are a daughter or son because of who you are. You were either born or adopted into this family. So you have rights as part of this family. You get to live in the house. You get to eat the food. You get to go on the vacations. You get mom and dad's love and care and support. You know, all sorts of things because you are part of the family. You, you're not here just to do stuff even though you do stuff. You are part of the family. You are loved because of who you are. You know, when you have kids and they disappoint you, you don't fire them. There may be moments you think you should, and there may be moments they think they should fire you too, right? But that's not how it works. We're family. That doesn't change. 
We go through the ups and the downs together because it's who, what our relationship is. And you see, that's how God views you and me. When you give your life to him, you are adopted into the family as a daughter, as a son. You're, you're not, and so the things that you do for the Lord are not to earn his favor. You've already got his favor. The, the things that you do are because you love him. Because you're part of this family. And when you're part of the family, you want to do the things that dad wants you to do because you trust that dad's will is good for you. You trust that dad's desires for you are good. And we trust that our perfect heavenly father, much better than any earthly father, our perfect heavenly father, that his desires for us are good. They are, they are wonderful. They are the best things that we could possibly experience in our lives. It doesn't mean that God's way is always easy, but God's way is always best for us. So, that's, so Wesley has this faith of a servant. Let's see how that works out for him. He's, he's on a boat, and he's traveling to the, the New World, uh, the colony of Georgia, uh, because Wesley is he's going to become a missionary there. He wanted to uh, reach out to the Native Americans. Well, by his own and every other account, this trip will be an utter failure in his life. The, his time in Georgia was not good, and you wouldn't even know the name John Wesley if that was all there was with him. Uh, he had a lot of growth to do. But on the way over to Georgia, it was kind of exposed why he needed to grow. They were on this ship. There was a bunch of Englishmen like Wesley, and there were also a group of Germans uh, who were Moravian Christians, okay? And the Moravians had a very real and powerful faith. Wesley had more of a head knowledge kind of faith. They had more of a heart knowledge kind of faith, we might say. And so they, the one day, the Moravians are here on the, on the ship, and they begin to have a church service. And they're singing and worshiping all this stuff. And then a big storm comes up. And I don't mean just a little, I mean a big, big storm. The, the winds are powerful. The waves are slamming against the ship. Water is coming over the edge, of, over the bow as the ship goes down. And, and, they, and, and everyone is scared. In fact, the Englishmen are, are crying out in fear. Wesley's crying out in fear. He would write in his journal, he believed he was going to die. He, here he is, a young man, and he doesn't think he's ever going to set foot on land again. And he is absolutely terrified. That's where Wesley is in this moment. Well, Wesley hears a strange sound, and it's the sound of singing. <laughs> the Moravians are still having church. Didn't somebody tell him we can put this off? <laughs> I mean, come on, if we live, if we live, which we're probably not going to live, you can do your little singing then, right? Like, what, what is wrong with you people? Why are you singing in the middle of a storm? Well, eventually the storm calms. The ship made it. They made it okay. And Wesley goes to talk to one of the Moravians, and, uh, and he asks them, why, why do you do this? How is it, I, I heard your, your, your men, even your women and children were singing. How are your children singing in the middle of a storm like that? And the man looked at Wesley and said very straightforward, he said, our women and children are not afraid to die. And Wesley saw this amazing contrast because here are little kids facing their death 
and they're singing to the Lord. And here is a seminary-educated clergyman who's crying like a baby and terrified. The faith of a daughter or son versus the faith of a servant. Now, I'd like to say that Wesley was just changed in this moment, right? And that's it. He's good from there on. It actually would be a journey for him. Because after this realization, after these failures in Georgia, Wesley would be talking with somebody uh, about quitting. He was done. He felt that he did not have the kind of faith he needed, and he had no business preaching. Well, this, this person that Wesley was talking to famously advised him, and he said, John Wesley, you need to preach faith until you have faith, and then once you have faith, you will preach faith. You might say, well, that's kind of circular reasoning, don't you think? Well, the reality is, this guy knew that if Wesley would seek the Lord, if he would continue to seek the Lord, this guy had faith that the Lord would reveal himself to Wesley, that Wesley would experience the power of the Holy Spirit, that his life was not beyond being changed. His life could be changed. He could have that faith of a son as well. And we showed you the video very recently, a couple weeks ago, of his, uh, sharing about his Aldersgate experience where Wesley would, would feel his heart strangely warmed, that, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would experience this assurance that he is a child of God, that he's a child of God. And it was a life-transforming experience. God had brought Wesley through that storm, even though he didn't have faith. And God didn't give up on Wesley even in the storms of his own faith. You see, when Wesley was on the boat, he had not only a fear, that's natural, but he had a, a paralyzing fear. Let me differentiate those two. There's a healthy kind of fear that's good, right? For example, if you walk out of church today and you become uh, suddenly inspired to play in traffic at Beachmont and Five Mile, Hopefully you will be struck by some fear, right? When you look up and you see the green light, and you see the cars flying at you, right? Hopefully you will be filled with some fear. That's the stuff that keeps us alive, right? That's the stuff that keeps us from doing incredibly stupid things so we don't end our life sooner than necessary. That's a healthy fear, okay? That, that is a, a gift of the Lord. A paralyzing fear is different. Paralyzing fear is not God's will for you. Okay? Paralyzing fear is not God's will for you. In a paralyzing fear, you get hit with that fear and you get stuck. You get stuck. If you're playing in traffic and, get, and you get hit with that fear and you get stuck, it's like a deer in a headlights, right? It's not good. You don't want to just stay there. You've got to move. This fear has got to motivate you to do something. It's got to motivate you to action. And a paralyzing fear, especially as it, results, it relates to our faith, a paralyzing fear causes us to get stuck. Maybe this isn't really real after all. Maybe this God stuff is it's all fake. It's, it's stuff weak-minded people believe just to kind of be a crutch, you know. I, I don't know if I even need that. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what to do, and I don't know that I want to turn to faith anymore. That's one way of getting stuck. 
Or it can just be simply a, a paralysis of terror that I just, I'm so scared about the future or what's happening. I don't know that I can do anything. I don't know that I can function. And hear me, we all have days like that. We all have days where we get knocked on our rear end by something or other. It happens to Christians, it happens to non-Christians, okay? There, there's times, and we need the help of others. We need to pray. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to bring us through those stormy times. Those are, those are real. That's legitimate. But we don't want to be paralyzed by fear. That's why Wesley was ready to quit, to throw in the towel, because he was paralyzed by this fear that, that he couldn't have this kind of faith that he needed to, to do the ministry God calls him to. Friend, that is not God's will for you. It's not. God's will for you is that you would have an assurance of your faith, that you would have that his spirit testifying with your spirit that you are a child of God. So when, when you go through a storm, you encounter it differently. When you go through a storm, you, it hurts, it's scary, it's difficult, but you know God's got you. Why? Because he promised He promised he'll never leave you or forsake you. He promised he won't abandon you in the midst of the storm. The same God who parted the Red Sea, the same God who shut the mouths of the lions, the same God who rescues David from Goliath, the same God who raises the dead, this is our God. And so when we go through storms, we don't have to be scared in the same way the rest of the world is scared because we have this confidence, we have this assurance that God is with us, that God's got us. It doesn't mean that life always works exactly as we want. Sometimes it doesn't. Christians go through disappointment too. Christians go through difficult times. Christians don't get everything they pray for every single time. But we have a faith in a God who never leaves us, who never forsakes us, who calms the storms, who does answer prayer, who does work miracles, who does work in our lives, who knows that you're in the storm and who cares that you're in the storm. He cares. He loves you. He's right there with you. You may feel alone, but you're not. You may feel hopeless, but you're not. You may feel that there's nobody there who gets it, but God does. As you look at the storms that you're going through in life, or maybe that you've been through, I ask you this. How would you handle the storms if you had the assurance you were going to make it through? Because see, that's what paralysis does. Paralysis says, you aren't going to make it. It's not going to be okay. What if you had the assurance you were going to make it through? Again, I'm not talking about like the assurance everything's going to be exactly as you want. Sometimes it will be and sometimes it will not be, okay? But you will make it through. Those Moravian kids, they understood they would make it through because one of two things was going to happen that day. Either they were going to make it, their boat was going to stay on top of the water and they were going to make it through this journey, or it wasn't, and they were going to find themselves face-to-face with their God, the one who loves them, who created them, and they're going to spend all of eternity in a perfect place with no sorrow, no pain, no sadness, no sin. It's kind of the ultimate win-win. 
And hear me, hear me, don't hear me wrong. I'm, I'm not like morbid with the death wish here, right? I'm 42. I want to see a lot more decades here on this earth. But as followers of Jesus, there's ultimately nothing, nothing that can separate us from his love. Not even death. At, at so many funerals that I do, I share these verses. I love them. Romans 8, 38. I am convinced, Paul writes, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart that there is nothing, nothing that can separate you from God's love. No storm, no pain, no problem. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Our God has promised he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He never gives up on us in the midst of a storm. Last night I had something I guess I'd say funny happened. I don't know if I was laughing at the time. But I, uh, I have this habit. Saturday nights, I come to church, and I preach through the message all by myself. I love it. One of my favorite things. I know, kind of weird, but you see the lights on late Saturday night. It's me. Don't stop by. I don't want to talk, I promise. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. It's just it's me. Sometimes it's Doug. He comes in. He works too. And then he can hear the preview of the sermon, right? You know, but, but you know, it's that I, I do this. And so I was in here last night, and honestly, like, I, the message I've, I've got written at that point, but I, was, I was not satisfied with it. I was not happy with the ending. It was just not coming together. And I was having this little chat with the Lord about it, if you will. About, you know what time it is, right? <laughs> you know what happens in about mm, 12 or 13 hours from now? <laughs> yeah, I've got to be ready for this. And I sat and I prayed and I listened. And what I heard from the Lord is the ending is in the room. And I took that to mean that God actually, I believe God's guiding me to have us share some testimonies today. And so I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to pray. And I would love to hear, I'm going to give you the chance to actually share with us about a time where maybe you went through some kind of a storm in your life and God brought you through. To be honest, we started this at 8.30. 8.30 is a little smaller crowd. I was a little scared myself that nobody would say anything or that they'd figure out that if they didn't say anything, they got out sooner. <laughs> but alas, they did not. We heard a number of testimonies about how God brought through people, God brought people through storms, and it did our heart well. Then at Salem, they, were, they started, and they were going. They were going so much, I had to leave in the middle of testimony time because I could be here with you. They're probably still going right now. If I know that church, just to be honest, it's probably not done yet. So you can stop over there later and hear the ending of it. But seriously, we're going to share some stories because here's the deal. I believe that God's faithfulness yesterday is the best indicator of God's faithfulness tomorrow. That if God got you through that storm yesterday, if God got me through some storms, if God got some of us through some storms, he's not giving up. He's not quitting. He's still the one who calms the storms. He's still the one who does that work. And I believe he's doing it today. 
So God, thank you. Thank you that we can trust you in the midst of storms. I pray for every person right here today who's in the middle of a storm right now. Maybe this sermon has even brought up some places of pain and hurt. Great physician, do your work. Heal as only you can heal. Bind up the brokenhearted. Restore the relationships that need to be restored. Bring humility where humility is needed. Bring love and grace where love and grace are needed. Bring courage and confidence where courage and confidence are needed. Lord, we see the wind and the waves and we get scared, sometimes paralyzed. But you see the wind and the waves and you see your creation. And you, as the Lord of that creation, you say, peace, be still. To every storm represented here today, we say, peace, be still. To the storms in our families, peace, be still. To the storms in our places of employment, peace, be still. To the storms in our health, our physical bodies, peace, be still. To the storms in our world at large that is so divided, peace, be still. To the, to the storms in denominations, peace, be still. To storms even here at our church, we say peace, be still. We trust you, God, for you are the one who calms storms. You are the one who made the wind and made the waves and who made us too. We give ourselves to you this day, God. We need you. Every hour, we need you. God, I pray I pray that as we share a few testimonies of your faithfulness, that you will, we will know how great you are, how worthy you are of our praise, and how much we can trust in you to lead and guide us through every storm that we face today, tomorrow, and forevermore. For God, you are so good. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching us online, you might take a few moments to share stories with, with those around you, to share testimony there. That could be a powerful thing. For those here in the room, nobody's prepared for this. I didn't give anybody any advance warning, so there's no fancy speeches ready to go. You may have a one-liner, or you may have uh, a longer story. Is there anybody, would you just raise a hand if you'd like to share it right here? You can just share and just pass it right down the road okay. here. How much time do I have? <laughs> we'll go right ahead. I'll tell you when you run out. How about that? <laughs> um, hi, my name is B. Um, our storm came uh, when Chuck uh, was retired. Uh, it was a sweep of his company, a job he loved. 
And he came home that day and said, I've been let go. And um, to give you a, a preview of what my reaction was, was um, about a year before, and those of you who, uh, who know me, I used to like to shop a lot. And one day I found in um, one of my favorite outlet stores in the book section, a book that was only $5 and its title was Total Forgiveness. That book, I brought it home and Chuck said, oh, what did you buy today? And I said, I bought the best thing of all. It was only $5. And um, I said, and I'm gonna give it to my mom because she's so angry all the time and bitter. And, and I had this monologue and Chuck in his normal self who was just looking at me, after I got through said, really? I was convicted at that moment and I decided, well, maybe I should read the book first so that I could help her through her problems. It turned out to be the most wonderful thing I had ever discovered. I wasn't taught forgiveness. Um, we didn't learn that in, in where we went to church. In fact, um, coming from a Spanish family, our, our first reaction usually is pretty bad, <laughs> you know, revenge. But that Total Forgiveness book um, helped me to help him through the problem of realizing he was no longer at, gonna go to work the next day. And it, um, I just can't tell you how at ease I was in comforting him. And in the end, when we got through it all, he, told me that the one thing that he really appreciated from me was that I didn't get upset. I wasn't screaming and yelling like some of the other men's wives had done. Even a couple of them have uh, decided to leave their husband over it. So um, we got through this storm by ourselves and I truly believe it's because I learned forgiveness. Amen, amen. I want to, yes, thank you, Dean. I sense there's others here with a similar story. I want to pray just for them. Lord, I just pray that by the power of this testimony, Lord, that there are those here today who have something that they need to forgive. And I just pray that, that just as you worked in Chuck and Dee's life, Lord, that you would work in their life too. For Lord, we pray that you'd forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. And that's a risky prayer, God. We want to forgive as you forgive, God. And I just pray that just a spirit of forgiveness would just sweep over all those who need to forgive. And Lord, I pray that maybe there's those like Chuck who went through some really difficult hurts, perhaps some injustices, God. I just pray that for just a spirit of forgiveness and the ability to see that you're going to get us through this storm. Thank you, God. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. MJ. Hi, I'm Mary Jo. I go by MJ. Um, I was a naive 22-year-old who got married um, to a very toxic man. And um, all I can only tell you that after 27 years of being in that and trying to get out, God got me out. And one day I looked at him, looked at him, I was praying to him and I said, 
my, our children were gone by now, and I said, I don't know how I'll ever last the rest of my life with this man. And he proceeded to get me out. He proceeded to give me a job that I could financially get out of and people that were supporting me. And uh, I never wanted to ever be married or have a man again. But um, he sh gave me a second chance at love. And now I'm married again 12 years to a very healthy relationship. And um, he has grown my faith. And I can tell you that I've never known a peace or a calm. And I'm never afraid to die. So he has given me not only a new life, but a new eternal life. And I'm forever grateful. Amen. Amen. I just, yes, let's. want to pray for relationships. Lord, we just thank you for this testimony of hope in relationship, God, and I pray for every relationship here that is, is going through a storm, that you would be there, God, that you would work in powerful ways. And maybe for those who have even given up on certain relationships, God, I just pray that, that just as you brought new life into MJ's life, Lord, I just pray that you would bring life to us as well, God. Thank you, God. You are so good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, go ahead. Up here, there's a lot of storm in this one pew. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, too, had a, a storm just last week, and I'm glad I'm not that toxic man in her life, so just to mention that. But um, I was in Montana last week. I signed up for a horseback ride across the country with 10 other people, they were from Nashville, I was by myself, and uh, I, although I like horses and know horses well, I've never camped in my life. So we had to sleep outside at night and ride during the day. There was a lot of fear that came over me. Was I gonna survive this? We were in the wilderness, and it was like, I've never done this before, so, and I was alone in my tent every night. All I had was myself, Jesus, and my bear spray. And because there were grizzly bears. So, um, but every day I got a little stronger. And by the end of the week, when we finally get back to the base camp, uh, I survived. And it was like God got me through it, and it was, a, it was a storm in my life, and it made me stronger. And Jesus was with me every single day. So I was grateful. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And God, for those who are going through times, maybe some scary times like that, maybe it's not with bears, but whatever it is, God, thank you that you give us the courage to get through scary times and that you meet us in those special places. Lord, we love you and pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. Others? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Ava Klesnikoff. And recently, I lost my grandfather, Alex Keller. And it's been super hard on me and my family, especially my grandmother, Joan Keller. And though, and though every day I miss him, I know that I'll get through this and that I'll survive. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Your grandfather, I wish I had decades with him. He was just, I know him a little bit, but an incredible, incredible man. And I know many, many, many folks here know and love you and your family. So God, we pray. I, pray, I praise you for the ways that you're helping the Keller family right now. And God, I just pray you would continue 
to be with Joan and the whole family, to see them through this difficult time. I pray for everyone in this congregation who's mourning the loss of of Alex or other loved ones, God. We know that we're going to get to see them in heaven, but it's tough because we miss them here. Lord, would you just help to bring peace in the middle of these storms? Would you help us to be able to trust you and know you and know, like it was just said, that you're going to bring us through? Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes. Um, I'm Alice Tomlinson. Um, I worked in the church office years ago with Howard Preston. I became very ill um, during that time, and I had that paralyzing fear. And I had to be hospitalized. And I couldn't return to work because of my illness. But there were people in this church, Sheila Rattenberry, I don't know if she's in the choir today, she was probably one of the greatest guardian angels, or my angel, that I had at that time. But there was Dorothy Gadden, I don't know many people remember her, she's gone to be with God. Kathy Dixon, Dee Harley, these, these are just a few of the people in this church now who spent literally hours with me, supporting me, because my husband couldn't stay home with me, and I couldn't be by myself, be left by myself. But I had my Bible with me in the hospital. That was one thing that I asked my husband to make sure I had. And I never lost my faith. But it took months of healing And I know God never, never leaves us, never. We are never alone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alice. And I'm thankful for the impact that you made on our church serving here for a long time, and, and you've made such a difference. So, God, we thank you for Alice. We thank you for her faithfulness in serving you. And we thank you for these members of our congregation and others who helped to provide support and care for her in a really difficult season. 
And Lord, today I give you thanks for our Stevens ministers, for our folks who are in our care ministries, who, who provide such wonderful care for one another. Thank you, God, that we are never alone here in this place or in life. Thank you, God, for giving us the call to love one another as you have loved us. I pray that you'd help us to continue to do that. So God, for all these testimonies, we give you thanks and praise. I know we could spend all afternoon today, God, but we just praise you for the ways you've brought us through storms. I thank you for the ways that you have helped us through the difficult times, and God, I trust that you will continue to do so, Lord. We give ourselves to you. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.